and welcome to PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein. September is Women in Medicine Month, so I've asked one of our students to take over the mic. Kate Minke, a member of the Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine class of 2025, and the president of PCOM's American Medical Women's Association student chapter, will be asking the questions today. Kate will be interviewing Dr. Victoria Truncoso, Dr. Savita Aria, and me. And then I'll have a chance to ask her a question. Thank you so much, Dr. Feldstein. I'll start by introducing our guests. Dr. Victoria Truncoso serves as the chair of the Department of Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine at PCOM Georgia. She's a trained in internal medicine and is a member of the American College of Osteopathic Internists. She's board certified in neuromuscular skeletal medicine and has 29 years of combined OMM-IM private practice experience. Dr. Trondosko has been dedicated to teaching osteopathic principles to medical students since 1996. Dr. Arya is a professor of pathology at the PCOM South Georgia. She has taught pathology to medical students for more than 25 years. She was recently recognized as the most outstanding faculty member of the year by the DO class of 2024. During her teaching career, she has held several academic positions, including Assistant Dean of Basic Sciences, Director of Medical Education, and Course Coordinator of Pathology. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to speak about women in medicine. I just have a few questions for you. Who were some of your role models when you chose a career in medicine? Thank you for the question. I think it's so important to have role models in medicine, particularly in women, because it's such a balancing act, being mothers and daughters and being a physician. So with that said, I would have to say my grandmother was the most prominent role model for me. She always wanted to be a physician, but she wasn't allowed to become a physician because she lived in a very small town and she would have had to move to the big city to become a physician. But she had a lifelong love of medicine. She did veterinary care and operations on the animals on her farm. Um, she, she always encouraged me and wanted me to move in that direction because I loved anatomy and I showed an interest. And probably the other person is my mother who was not a physician. She was an architect, but she held her own as a consummate professional and a mother in a world that was very dominated by men. And so those two were very, very important. And then in my travels along the way, I worked with an OBGYN uh, resident who was pregnant with her fourth child at the time, and she was getting ready to go on maternity leave. And I was a new intern and I just showed that I wanted to learn. And she took me under her wings and she took me into operations and she basically just told me how it was to be a woman in medicine. And I've never forgotten her kindness and her grace. My role models were my dad and my elder sister. I grew up in a family of three daughters in India. My father worked as a scientist at a nuclear research facility. Traditionally in South Asian culture, and especially in my community, women, even if educated, did not go to work. But my father was a trailblazer in his own right. He was my source of inspiration and my role model while growing up. He always insisted on and emphasized the importance of higher education for girls so that I could become self-sufficient and independent. I remember once for my education, he gave up a big promotion offer 
to a smaller town. He stated he preferred to stay in the bigger city which offered better education opportunities for me. He encouraged me to go out and pursue my dreams and said nothing should stop me from being who I wanted to be. His simple but important lessons have shaped my life in their entirety. Another one of my role models besides my father was my elder sister. I grew up watching her. She was always very hard working and academically driven. She inspired me to emulate her even when I was in elementary and middle school. We were both interested in medicine at a very early age. So I was able to have a sister and a companion in my ambitions. By the time we reached high school, we were both granted national scholarships starting from high school through medical school which helped us progress. Also, I've watched my elder sister help my old and sick grandmother at home which finally led me into following my sister's footsteps. And throughout medical school, my sister would pass on her advice and help based on her experiences. Her guidance throughout the years supported my journey in medicine. So, I attribute much of who I am as a person to my dad and my elder sister and I thank them immensely for their dedication to their family. Thank you guys so much for your perspectives. What were some obstacles that you have faced along the way and how have you overcome them? Well, I'm a little bit older and I come from a different generation. So some of the obstacles had to do with a lot of the fields of medicine were still very dominated by men. And it was very difficult to have a, a home and work-life balance because there was a lot less tolerance than there is nowadays in those days for family issues, pregnancies, things like that. So that has thankfully changed so much over the years. Um, I would have to say the way that you overcome in medicine any obstacles is, especially if there's any kind of conflict or difference of opinion, is to kind of quietly and consistently speak your truth and stick with your truth. Just stick with it and stick to those convictions. But on the flip side, you have to be very honest, you have to be very kind, and you have to be humble, not with just with others, but with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. And it's really necessary to retain the ability to accept criticism or constructive criticism or feedback and to really acknowledge and accept and apologize when you're wrong. If you're able to do that and be able to learn and move on from those things, you can keep learning your whole life. So I think that that has probably been the most helpful thing is to really learn how to accept not only what I do well, but what I haven't done well and to be able to move forward from that. And I think that keeps us growing and vibrant throughout our life and career. Yeah, becoming a physician is hard and is probably harder for women. When I started medical school, I dwelled upon my future work-life balance and personal interest. I decided to specialize in pathology, which allowed me to balance my personal and professional life well. And that was fantastic and worked great for me. But on a personal note, a career in medicine led me to make a decision of postponing having a family until after I finished medical school journey and pathology residency training. 
that affected my health and I developed a complicated pregnancy and I delivered a very premature baby. Thankfully, my daughter survived. She is now 21 and pursuing a career in science at Harvard Medical School. However, I will say that I could not afford a second child due to certain aspects of my work and health. And I think balancing different roles, such as being a physician and a mother, are very common struggles that I share with many women in medicine. In addition, other than motherhood, especially during my early years in my career, I did face other struggles as well. I saw a constant implicit bias against my short stature, Asian ethnicity, and slightly younger looking features. Many judged me as very young or inexperienced for the position I sought. It might sound strange, but I initially even wore glasses for some time to look more mature and to be taken seriously. But over time, I have learned to deal with such discrimination by working harder and proving to be good at my job. I just prefer to let my work speak for myself. I think women do get underestimated at times in the workplace, and the biggest challenge is to get the opportunity to demonstrate what you can do. Once you have shown how capable you are, people will generally ask you to do more. Guess what? Beginning is always the hardest part. Once you start running, no one can stop you. Thank you both so much for your wonderful answers. I, I have a question for Dr. Feldstein here. Uh, how did you say that women leaders at PCOM impact your leadership decision? You know, it, it's funny. You know, when I was looking at this question, I was struggling like how to answer it in the sense that, okay, well, how would I take input from a man or woman from a leadership position? Would I take the advice differently? Is there going to be something inherently different in the advice given or the way that I receive it? And my answer to that would, would be no. But I think what's important for us at PCOM is how many women we have in leadership positions. So we have Andrea Mann, who's the dean of our campus in Swanee. You know, Adrian Jones is the head of admissions. You know, Carrie Collins is the head of advancement. Mindy George Weinstein is the head of research. And just the nature of demographics and medicine have driven changes for us. When, when I graduated, you know, back in the age of dinosaurs in 1981 in a class of 220, there were 10 women in our class. Right now, over 50% of the classes on all campuses are women. Demographically in college, 60% of entering college freshmen are women, 40% are men. So we, we've got a demographic shift that is just the world we live in. So we're going to have more women in medical school. We're going to have more women in leadership positions in every industry, I hope. Not just, you know, science, this the STEM fields and medicine. So it's it's exciting. I think we're on the on the forefront of that. So I, I hope that answers the question in a roundabout way, but they obviously impact, you know, our leadership decisions. But if anything, it probably has to do with more of the benefits than education itself in terms of maternity leave and what we can do for students through clubs and, you know, so forth and so on. Absolutely. So I hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you. 
So I have a question for you, Kate. Mm -hmm. So what do you most look forward to as a woman entering a healthcare profession? Well, uh, I think like most general second year medical students, I'm really looking forward to being done with the first round of boards um, and, you know, taking the knowledge from the classroom and start getting into rotations and, you know, applying that to patient care and starting to get to meet patients and our families in, in the hospital setting. Uh, but particularly as someone who identifies as a woman, um, it's really, as you mentioned, an excellent time to be entering the medical field. You know, in 2019, the AAMC reported that over 50 percent of people entering the medical field identify as women. And specifically in my class here at PCUM in the Philly campus, um, in the class of 2025, 54% of those are women. And we also have students who also identify as non-binary, which is amazing. I just, when I believe that a space has more diversity in it, there's a greater perspective and the space in general can be super stronger. Um, the other thing that I have found here is that we have a really strong community of women uh, physicians who are mentors and leaders who want to share their stories and perspectives uh, with the younger physicians. In case in point, uh, at the American Medical Women's Association chapter, every spring we host a networking brunch where we bring in physicians from outside campus to share their perspectives with us. And any physicians who are listening, I, I plug that to, to come and join us. Uh, we would love to have you. Um, but I'm just constantly reminded it in awe that as we start to hold this larger share of space that we are standing on the shoulders and legacies of really great women physicians and scientists who have come before. Case in point is Dr. Meta Christie, who is the first Black woman DO. Um, you know, we have on today Dr. Aria and uh, Dr. Troncoso, and they're just great examples for us of mentors that we have in the field. So what I'm excited about is just continuing to advocate for women voices, women in leadership roles, and just increasing diversity and perspectives in the healthcare field, um, because that'll lead to an even stronger healthcare field in the future. Well, thank you, Dr. Trincoso, Dr. Ari, and Kate for joining us today. I'm so proud of all of the teachers and learners on our campus, and I'm pleased to celebrate you always, but especially during Women in Medicine Month. To listen to past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.